Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up on the show. Your best life and the way I live my life is by a very simple tenant. You can be doing your best, but not being your best. I choose to be my best, so every day I'll do my best. Yeah. And kind of a family motto, and, and that's it's, it's so simple, but living in you, trusting in you, being you, delivers more of you. And that means exercising and prioritizing things like self-care, eating healthy, working out, maintaining your health and vitality. Because if, if you don't have the oxygen mask on you first, you're no good to anybody. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I've got Chuck Hogan. Chuck, how you doing, man? Wonderful, brother. Great to be here today. Great to have you. How is beautiful Dallas, Texas? It is absolutely gorgeous. It is. I mean, it falls setting in. It is. High 60s, low 70s, and it is freakishly gorgeous out. That's Not awesome. Tonight, so I'll take it. We've been unseasonably warm, I think, here. for you know Today's Halloween day as we're recording this, and it's... Uh, you know, it's like almost 60 degrees. It's, that's good here in St. Louis. We'll take it. Hey, it, 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 if snow's the alternative, yes. The answer is yes. That's right. That's right. I've, uh, I'm trying to think Dallas. Was it two forks and a knife or two? What's the name of the steakhouse there? I've, I've been to there a few times. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, two forks is a big one. Um, if you're into yeah. barbecue, the heart eight, uh, the feed store. I mean, seriously, if cattle is your game, then Dallas. But again, St. Louis barbecue is That's nothing right. to scoff at. So Absolutely. I, I'll just say, I'll send you some of mine if you'll send me some of yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get on that, man. So, well, Chuck, you are the managing partner at Your Best Life. Uh, it's an organization helping people elevate, uh, which I love right here, finance, family, fitness, and faith. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about our, our Fs. Mine's F to the fifth power, your faith, your family, your fitness, your fun, and your firm, which for me is work. Um, but you, and that's what you do. So to maximize the best life through mentoring strategies, community exclusive once in a lifetime experiences, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, so you've got a unique background, sales and business and relationship building uh, gives you a huge perspective on working with folks. So excited to dive into that today. But if you could, Chuck, just maybe give us a little lead land on what's made you the man you are today. Sure. Uh, you know, quite frankly, about 30 years ago, I decided that uh, I've always been kind of a study of human behavior. But 22 years ago, when my wife and I found out she was having our first child, I was like, whoa, uh, where's the instruction manual? Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, um, I better get my acting gear. And business had already been propagating successfully. But to be honest with you, Brett, I was like going, whoa, you know, how to be a better man. And it started really coming down to understanding why I do what I do and what moves me. And I realized that I had been filled throughout my childhood. I'm, a, I'm the son of a military family. So okay, he has 30 years in the Navy. I'm from Japan originally. My mom's Japanese. My dad's Irish. And when I say Japanese and Irish, I'm talking 85 pounds, 4'11 and a half, portable mom, <laughs> and then a redhead, blue-eyed Irish dad. I mean, so- <laughs> The real when, deal. <laughs> the real deal. I mean, when you go melting pot, you're like, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and- so you asked, and so I'll just give it to you straight. I, I was a very confused kid um, back in the 60s. Uh, lots of socioeconomic, uh, I'll say variances, but more so I'll say racial barriers. And living in Maine as a kid, coming over from Japan, um, Charles Francis Hogan II, named after my Irish grandfather, yeah. not looking very Irish. Uh, <laughs> and in Japan, I'm half Japanese, so I'm not full Japanese. So I kind of felt like a kid without a country. Hmm. And so moving forward to when Cole, my son, was born, I was like, man, 
there's this guy named Tony Robbins. So I started spending some time with him and actually was involved with his environment for over 22 years. Wow. Uh, just recently. Yeah, I was a senior trainer, uh, volunteer trainer, I should clarify, volunteer trainer um, <laughs> for Mr. Robbins. And what was cool about that is I got to see a lot of different parts of life. But the same, the same strategy kept playing out. I see people that go, like, oh, you know, if I just learn one more thing, I learn another way to make money, I learn another tax strategy, another tax hedge. I go, okay, so you've got more money. What are you going to do with it? They go, I'm still not happy. And so I've met DECA and centimillionaires. I've met billionaires. Some of them are elated because they've, they're living that life of contribution now and they know how to give back. Yeah. And God bless you and your wife, Julie, for doing what you do for cancer research and helping support families as a cancer conqueror myself in 09. Huh? That uh, talking about it and experiencing it are very different things. And so my heart goes out to you and, and your lovely wife. Uh, my Thank wife's you. name is Julie, by the way, as well. Yeah, there you go. Hey, we married right, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got the memo. That's um, right. So quite frankly, your best life and the way I live my life is by a very simple tenant. You can be doing your best, but not being your best. I choose to be my best. So every day I'll do my best. Yeah. And kind of a family motto. And, and that's, it's, it's so simple, but living in you, trusting in you, being you delivers more of you. And that means exercising and prioritizing things like self-care, eating healthy, working out, maintaining your health and vitality because if if you don't have the oxygen mask on you first you're no good to anybody yeah i love that and so when i when, when i read that earlier so let's dive more into that the statement you just made is you can do your best and not be your best mm -hmm. talk to me about that sure so oftentimes we'll even ask people and it's a subconscious way of communicating um i've been certified in neurolinguistics programming and neurosocial conditioning and hypnotherapy for, for the better part of 20 years now and what I can tell you is language patterns make a big difference. So when you ask someone how they're doing, it's a cognitive, it's a cognitive ask. You're asking someone how they do. And so they go into process and go, well, how do I do? Oh, man, I'm busy. I'm busy on a one-arm wallpaper hanger. I got all <laughs> kinds of things and stuff. I mean, my wife has a nickname for me on the weekends, and that's Manny Labore for manual labor, because I know what the honeydew list is not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> so part of this is, is that how do we clearly identify how we're being? Because the quality of your life, is how you feel. So if I ask you instead, and I go, Brett, how are you feeling? And you go, mm. I'm grateful, I'm blessed, I'm happy, I'm elated, I'm contributory, I feel valued. It's like, yes. And I have a very fundamental belief. I'm a very simple guy. I've really, I'll say, migrated towards reducing all the waste, if you will, or I'll just say simplifying. My wife calls it drama reduction. And I go, yes, with three tweens in, in you know, the proximity, two in college and one at home still. Yes, sir. And so what I realized was, is that at our core, we're all three years old still. We are. When you're three, you really only have three responses, happy, sad, or okay. Right. You start getting into school and then you start going, oh, I'm elated. I'm overjoyed. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm excited, mom and dad. And it's like, okay, great. And when you're excited, how does that make you feel? Happy. Yeah. But when someone tells me, oh, you know, if I felt more like a philanthropist, if I felt more contributory, if I didn't feel marginalized, I go, okay, great. When you do feel marginalized, how does that make you feel sad? Oh, but normally you find these wonderful adjectives to go ahead and start to create layers of, you know, I'll say balance. I go, at the end of the day, you're three. Happy, sad, or okay. And, and that's okay. Thing, yeah, and, and the worst <clears throat> state you're living in is okay. Because that's yeah. survival. That's, that is, you can't measure what doesn't move. 
And so when people go, I'm okay. And I go, okay, so you're getting by. They go, yes. Oh, you're doing your best. Ah, okay. And I started realizing there's a lot of people who are living in this marginalized sense of well-being, which is getting by, doing your best. There's no thrive in their ideology. There's no expansion. So if the premise holds true, and we say progress equals happiness, which I do believe, but that's any progress, a millimeter or a mile. Of course, we're shooting for the mile, but that millimeter could have been the deciding factor. That was the spark. That was the you know, jump off point. And I go, okay, cool. So a millimeter or a mile, progress equals happiness. What feeds progress? When I got this, oh, shifted everything. Yeah. And, and so I hear you say that about the feeling part. I, I wrote that down as, you know, more asking people how you feel versus how you're doing. I, I love that. But at the same time, <clears throat> Travis Thomas, who's the uh, performance coach for the men's national team for getting ready to go to the World Cup. Yep. He was on a couple of weeks ago and he talked about feelings aren't an indicator of performance. And what he meant by that was Correct. if I ask you how you're feeling and I'm fired up, you know, I'm, I'm great. I'm going to go out and score this goal or I'm going to do that. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you feel, right? But I think it's a difference when we're going out to perform in a soccer field or in a business meeting. Yeah, it certainly matters. But that's where how I'm feeling. Yeah, but that's where standards shift. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll put it a different way. Well, let's test the theory, okay? So you're driving in your car, and all of a sudden, someone cuts you off. I mean, like, they just rip across from the inside lane all the way, and they exit the off-ramp. And they literally almost clip your car. Yep, and people go, oh, that jerk, that moron. And I go, oh, wait, wait, wait. So you had a feeling. See, here's the difference. Feelings always come first. Yeah, they do. You think about it afterwards, because if I say that was a father whose son was hit by a car, he realized that's the only exit he can take to get him to the emergency room to save his life. They go, oh, my gosh, is he all right? Wait a second. It's like, yeah. oh, whoa, whoa. But a second ago, he was a jerk. So the mind distorts, delete, and generalizes information. It's the only way you survive because you have billions of terabytes of data that are flowing through you at any second. And they go, oh, that's baloney. I said, really? What are you hearing right now? What do you feel on your skin? Where focus goes, energy flows. So if all of a sudden we change where the focus flows, you change the entire experience. I said, okay, wait. So how do you feel about that? So there are some guiding principles. And I agree with what this coach says. But the truth is you are how you feel. Because here's the deal. We were told as children, you can do anything you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. Not true. Because your mind doesn't know what's real or perceived. And on the other side, where focus goes, energy flows. So if I were to say to you, Brett, as you look around that beautiful studio, I don't want you to look for anything that's brown. In fact, I want you to ignore the brown. As you look around, don't look for the brown. In fact, I know you're an achiever, so you'll make beige stuff brown too. <laughs> now, if I ask you to close your eyes, I say, tell me everything that's blue. You may be able to guess at one or two things, but you will not be able to say with certainty what they were. Why? Because your focus was against going towards something I asked you not to look for. Not to do, yeah. So when people are trying to move away <laughs> from things, that's why if you're trying to move away from problems, you get more problems. So the focus should be the antithesis, which is prosperity, opportunities. What feeds progress is possibilities. Some people might call that compelling future. Yeah, I was just going to say, so how do we do that, though, right? So how do, how do I focus on that? And you said to your compelling future, you can see this, F greater than P, 
This is your future greater than your past. It's our firm's mission. It's my mission. It is to help people achieve a future greater than your past. And so when you hear that and, and based on everything you're just saying, how do you slow down enough to do that though? Um, when maybe you don't want to, or you know, it's a bad well, crappy day out, you're in the dumps. How do we do that? So there's a couple ways. First thing is, is that anytime we change any one of these three, I'll say aspects of a behavior, and I'm going to borrow just from behavioral sciences for a moment, and it's called a triad. You have physiology, focus, and language. So there's a rule with this, physiology first. So one of the things that people do is they'll get up and start moving their body. In fact, some of the most productive business people cannot sit at a desk and have a conversation. They can't. They have to be moving around. These are the people that put the wear patterns in their area rugs around their conference table. Why? Because it seems like they're running laps, but they are engaged and in a state of productivity. Motion creates emotion. If we want to test the theory, you've been doing this since you were a child. Before you could speak, you would have a physiological response. If you were hungry, you wet yourself or you were tired. What would that be? Well, if you were happy, you smile. If you were sad, mm -hmm. you might have pouted and cried. And if you were okay, you just sat there staring off into deep space, waiting for one of those other things to happen. <clears throat> now, why is this important to note? Well, unconsciously, we are conditioned from the time that we're zero to seven years old as to what our, I'll just say, value systems are. We inherited them from the environments that we were raised in. So anything that we heard, loud noises, flashes, things, there are people who go back into childhood regression and they're going, where did you become so sensitive to light or loud noises? And they're going, oh, you know, I don't know. And then they go back and they go, oh my gosh, I heard these things. How old were you? Um, I think I was 18 months old. Wait, what? But it's in your unconscious. It's throughout you. The cognitive mind, again, because it distorts, elite and generalizes information, will selectively get rid of things. So to your point, how do we get back to center? Two ways, real easy. In fact, Navy SEALs do this and those that are tra uh, trained in elite um, stressful exercises. They actually will do what they call box breathing. Yeah. Two to one breathing. So box breathing is inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, and hold for four. And they'll do cycles of this. And what they started finding was their heart rate slows down. The EKG and the EEG of the brain, the waveform of the brain and the heart, actually go into sinus rhythm together. It's the coolest thing. When we slow down, the tendency in the human condition is, though, when things happen, we speed up. We put our foot all the way down on the gas pedal. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. If you're on a windy road that you've never driven on before and it's foggy, you don't push down on the, on the gas pedal, right. you take your foot off the gas pedal, and you become more acutely aware by doing what? Slowing down. Doesn't mean stopping. Doesn't mean retarding your growth and moving backwards. It means you slow down. Because all pain that we affiliate to is from the past. All of it. All fears in the future. What's coming up ahead? Where's the connection? Love? Contribution? Now. Favorite quote from an unbelievable philosopher, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. So be grateful for today because it's a gift called the present. I will quote this great philosopher, Master Ugwe Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, That's, but, and so, I mean, are you, you or your clients, whoever that may be, are you, like I use a journal, I use a black journal, I'm, I'm constantly in my journals writing down and dreaming and strategizing and stuff. So is that a process that you use um, to go day. through that? 
every day. In fact, there's a simple two and a half minute process that I love going through with clients. Because what we started noticing was, is that most people account for their finances. Most people do not account for their time. Yeah. In fact, most people throw away time and they wonder why they don't have enough net time to be able to accomplish the things that they aspire to achieve. And I go, okay, well, tell me, where are you investing your time? And they go, oh man, you know, I, I, I have a couple calls today. I go, okay, well, how much time do you have blocked out? They go, oh, I've got an hour. I've got an hour. I was like, whoa, whoa, it takes an hour for you to have a phone conversation? They go, oh no, that was only five minutes. And I go, well, what'd you do for the other 55 minutes? They don't account for their time. They just throw it away. And here's the interesting part. And, and I'm sure, Brett, you hear this all the time. And that is fill your mind with resourceful and nourishing information. Because the way that the brain functions is it doesn't forget anything that it hears. The difference is, is whether you're cognitive and you've actually decided this is worthwhile data. So people go to an event, they'll go to a seminar. In fact, they'll even go to become coaches. You know, they go, oh, I'm going to be a coach. And I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. Good for you. And they go, yeah, man. And after this weekend, I'm going to be certified as a life coach. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, they go, you don't seem like convinced. I said, well, I'm not. And I'm like, well, dude, you're, you're, just, you're just jelly. You're jealous. And I go, sure, that's it. And they go, okay, wait, I know you too well, Chuck. What, what, what's your take? I said, well, let me ask you something. If you went to flight training for three days, never flown a plane before, and you're going to go ahead and tell me that you're going to learn enough in three days where you could not only fly, you'd be willing to take your entire family up in a plane solo yep. and then nope. and teach your wife and your kids how to fly this plane. That's what you're telling me after three days that you have the aptitude, the skill set, the experience, the knowledge, the saturation. I said, you haven't marinated enough in this. You have a limited amount of knowledge. And based on your current life conditions, you're making a decision. And so would you do this with like going into an investment and spending all your life savings, your kid's college fund? And they go, oh, heck no. I said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But you're willing to go ahead and take on the title of someone who's a mentor, a coach, and treat, teach other people. And I said, okay, great. Um, you're on your third marriage. You're going to teach them about marital status right. and a fruitful relationship. You're estranged from your kids. You're going to teach them about child rearing. How many successful businesses have you run? Can you go ahead and tell me about vertical integrated marketplaces and supply chain management and, and what C-suites levels are looking for? Can you tell me about the sales and marketing of your bit? And then I go, whoa, 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 dude, dude, dude. I'm just a coach. I go, whoa, that's why I prefer to be a mentor strategist. Like yeah. people within our organization, you have to have lived the lifestyle, man. You have to have to like- Well, you uh, have the street cred, right? I mean, it's, it's, I've been doing this for two decades and it's- Yes, sir. I, I, I know more about this stuff than anybody that can learn in a three-day workshop to try to go be this life coach. And it, it, that stuff drives me nuts. And so, but I think there is, is something for, for on, on a different topic for that is, is the, the, how do you get that out though, right? So how do you get that life experience out of our brains- Yes. And to the people that need to hear it. And how do we help them make an impact? Because there's people driving right now that are stuck someplace, right? Yes, and whether they want to admit it or not, they're miserable. I know for me, I was stuck for a while. And, and like you made this comment earlier, as my income was going like that, yep. my job satisfaction was going like <laughs> that. And I took a massive risk to, to leave and start a, a firm. And 
but I don't think everybody's going to do that. Right. And nor should maybe everybody do that. So yeah. how do you get unstuck, if you will, sure. and, and try to turn that trajectory around to have more joy and laughter in life versus maybe pain and anger in life? Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're beautiful segue. Boy, you're just lighting these things up, man. I love it. <laughs> um, again, sage experience and wisdom. So part of this is, is that people will do more to avoid pain than they'll do to give themselves pleasure. And so there's a difference between what I'll say our natural skill sets are and our adaptive skill sets. So folks have been educated through schooling and modern education that what is your ranking in school? What is your pedigree? Where do you stand yep. in your class? And it's like, going, oh, and then what school did you go to? Are you from an Ivy League school? And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that makes a difference. Or did you go to Eastern Illinois University or right. did you Northwestern, did you go to? It is the Ivy, it is the Harvard of the Midwest, though. Just so you know, Eastern <laughs> Illinois University. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. And the, and the deal is, is that it's the answer is yes. Yeah. That education is education, and what happens is, is that how is it exercised? So to your point, sharing is caring. There are a lot of people that have shelf help knowledge. They have books and books and books. They've been to seminars. They've been to courses. And they haven't gone back into any of that data. And furthermore, it's kind of like having a home gym. If your apparatus is used for hanging clothes on, yeah, then it's being misused. Why do I say this? Because the equipment was made for a purpose, but it's being used for other alternatives. And they go, oh, no, it's yes and. I go, oh, so you're on the treadmill while your clothes are hanging off the drying? I don't think so. Because at least the way I run, there's no way that clothes could hang on that treadmill. Right. Now, why do I say this? It's only functional if you use it, apply it. And it doesn't mean that you're proficient with it. The first time you play tennis, you don't pick up the rack and go, oh, yeah, be on Borg, Jimmy McEnroe, you know, uh, Nadell. No, the answer is no. It's like, oh, my gosh, that was a whooping. One set, like, cooked me. And it's like, okay, great. Or golf, for that matter. I go, I love what Robin Williams said. He goes, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a hole two, 200 yards away. And we're going to make you walk it. And every time you hit it, you think you're having a stroke. <laughs> and so why do I share this with you? Ordinary things done consistently produce extraordinary results. But we got to move away from thinking that if we put our mind to it, we can achieve it. It's what you put your heart to. It's what you decide has enough value to you that it aligns with your morals, your rules, and your outcomes. And I'm not talking about goals. Here's the fallacy. Most people will prognosticate goals that aren't even theirs. They're not even theirs. Like, oh, well, we should have a 200% increase in revenue this year. And I'm like going, based on what? They go, oh, well, last year we had 100% revenue growth. And I go, yes. What do you attribute that to? We got lucky on two big orders. I go, Okay, are those orders coming in this year? Can you count? No, but dude, I, I'm hoping that we're going to get some more big orders. And I go, are you marketing towards that? Not really. Yeah. Wait, well, hopium is the biggest addictive drug, way more than sugar. People hoping that prosperity is going to fall into their lap. I go, hoping to win the lotto? They go, that would be awesome. Did you buy tickets? Nope. Are you hoping someone's going to give you one of those too? If you're not an active participant in your own salvation, you need to slow down and reevaluate what matters most to you in life? And this so, is feeling way more than things and stuff come and go. You and I experienced this as parents, Brett. How many times did your kids have a want? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
but that doesn't mean that their needs were being ignored. Yeah. Did they ever go without shoes, clothing, food, water, you know, athletic equipment, academic, you know, uh, utensils, books? No, they had no. everything they needed. What they want is different. And you're like, oh, these Air Jordans are, dad, my life would be brilliant, you know, if I had right. these. <laughs> you're like, go ahead. <laughs> At $300 and they're custom painted by LeBron, you know, or, yeah. or you know, Michael, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, they should be enshrined, not on your feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what are, what are you finding the people that you work with and, and, you know, these just the people that are the top of their game, no matter what industry that is, what, what, let's talk about daily choices. I, I think those are huge, right? Like for me, one, a big one is, is food. So I just got done with lunch. I went there. Yeah. Like I like French fries, you know, but today I chose the salad. Yep. And, and so, but while that sounds easy to people that maybe not have that problem, it, it is not easy for some people. And it's not easy maybe to get up at six o'clock and work out or do this or do that. So what are you finding the no miss items are either for yourself or the ones that you work with who are the best of their game? Three things, three things. And it, it centers around body, mind, and spirit. What I started noticing was, is that most people did not budget for themselves out of 24 hours. So here's the one thing that's a constant burn rate, time. At midnight, yeah. a new day was born. Yeah. You get to decide what you're going to do with this 24 hours. So I started actually having clients color code their time. Any time that is self-care, that means sleeping, eating, showering, hygiene, any of that, that's all in my coding, purple time. Now, why is this important? Because self-care is not selfish. It's essential. Yeah. When you're sleeping, your brain is detoxifying. You're actually eliminating waste out of your body that you don't even realize. So why is this important? Because people get up exhausted and they go, oh, you're not sleeping well. So what's troubling you? Because that means your unconscious mind is unsettled. So I figured out a way around this. I started urging clients. I said, take two and a half minutes a day. It's so fast and easy. So let's start off in the morning. When you get up in the morning, as soon as your eyes open, you take a deep breath in, your heart starts beating. Thank the universe because you get another day. You get another day. Whatever your religious faith is, just know that the universe has your back because through the night, you unconsciously, not consciously, your heart was beating and you had an exchange of taking in oxygen out of the air, releasing carbon dioxide, and it's like you're alive. You're alive. You didn't even know it didn't didn't elect it so what if in the morning you decided how you want to feel most often today you just set the set the intention for the day if that's happy sad whatever people who would intentionally pick sad i go there are some people who unconsciously pick sad or they'll pick the opposite which they'll go i just want to move away from pain and i go okay then what's the opposite of that prosperity opportunity connection because here's what i know and this is factual Five, there's five human needs that are essential. One, air. You only go minutes without it. Two is water. You go days without it. Three is food. You go weeks without it. Fourth is lodging. Why? Because if you have a place to lay your head at night and you can actually detox and take care of yourself, home is where the heart is. Mm -hmm. And the last one is love and connection. Now, there's six essential human needs. Certainty. Some people call it security or the knowing. Others. Second is variety what we call uncertainty. And there's an old saying, the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty that you can comfortably live with. Yeah. 
Third is significance. Fourth is love and connection. And the last two are growth and contribution, which are more spiritual. But the reason why I share these is the only one that crosses over in both is love and connection. The human condition is, is that we have an absolute need to feel important, connected, and, and necessary. The challenge is, is that 90% of the people walking this planet are dissatisfied with themselves and they judge themselves constantly. The reason why I went back to in, earlier in our conversation, most people are picking outcomes and goals and they're not even their own. And when they don't meet them 100%, the brain tells you 99.9%, .9%, really dude, you didn't have what it took to get it to 0.1% and push it over the edge. You suck. Are you right. kidding me? Really? Again? You always do this. You always fall short. We're our own worst critics and we berate ourselves. So what happens with outcomes and goals, especially those that we don't elect? We judge. And then we try to back into an emotion or feeling and then we take mammoth action on it. And we wonder why there's a gap here, which is called not fulfilling, frustration, aggravation. Yep. Because our life conditions aren't matching our expectations. And this isn't even real. So what if, what if you threw all that away and you just started with, how do I want to feel most often? Why? I want to feel happy, contributory. I want to feel loved. Okay, great. Why? Because that makes me happy. Awesome. Here's the secret sauce. This allows you to hold on to anything, mm. anything that you hold valuable and near and dear. And it's all about a feeling or a why. Anything you do. Well, let's go back to the soccer players. Why are they playing the game of soccer? They go, oh, because they get paid a lot of money. I said, no, because they fell in love with a sport that fuels them, that they are exceptional at. But here's the difference. Mike Tyson said this, and I love this. They asked him, hey, Mike, how does it feel to be the greatest of all time? He goes, I'm not the greatest of all time, man. I'm not the greatest. I was a good boxer. I was a really good boxer. And they go, yeah, Mike, but like, I mean, like you and your prime, he goes, yeah, man, I hurt people. I was really good at it. Gus saw that and he started training me and he goes, you could be great. You could be great. He goes, I became great, but I wasn't a good man. <laughs> I was worth $500 million and I wasn't a good man. He goes, I'm a good man today. He goes, I'm worth maybe three, $4 million. I'm, I'm a good man. I'm a good father. I'm a good friend. He goes, I struggle every day to be a good man. Goes, I didn't have to struggle very hard to be a great boxer. People can live in their talents. There's a natural aptitude for it. And they're living in that gift. And then they get fostered through it. And it's like, oh, it's so great. They're so good. I go, no. That's why I have so much admiration for people who get out of like very life-altering conditions. Some people go, oh, you made it out of the hood. And I'm like, going, oh my gosh, it's all odds. And this person is now successful. You're like, why? Because their life conditions was not paralleled with their need, their hunger, their desire. They go, I respect that every day and twice on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So to your point, when we move away from just the outcome and we head in a direction, and here's the beautiful part about direction. We even have a pointer finger for it. We go headed in the right direction. And I go, okay, well, what happens? Because my mismatch or brain sometimes goes, what if you're headed in the wrong direction? I go, then you're course correct. You don't have to go all the way back to the fork in the road and make a left at Albuquerque instead of a right. There's this little thing called GPS. And now we have these maps and it's global positioning. It's like, you can actually figure out where the freak you are and course correct from here now. Yeah. And here's the best part. 
all the experiences and the learnings and the lessons that you get from this. I found the best gas stations, you know, with the cleanest restrooms and, and best taco stands and the bed and breakfast on these little outskirt roads I never even knew existed before. But there's a challenge with this, and this goes to the heart of what you were talking about with the soccer coach. We need to understand who we are. I'm a loving guided gift from God. I have gifts and talents. I have a great sense of humor. I have a fast mind. I have the ability to speak and connect and communicate with people. I'm also really harsh on myself. So I'm going to move mm -hmm. away from judging self. I'm going to be my best so I can do my best. I'm going to let go of beratement. I'm going to let go of frustration and procrastination. Wow. Because now when I come up with this outcome and goal, it's a full body experience. There's no gap. And then I can take mammoth action. So this fuels the opportunity of being able to have a very fulfilling lifestyle. But again, I'm going to go back. Setting the inspiration or the incantation in the morning, the intention for the day, whatever that might be. And here's where it comes real. At the end of the day, just before you go to bed, you're going to take a minute and a half. So it was a minute in the morning, maybe 30 seconds if you're being you know, overtly conservative. A minute and a half at night, you're going to say, how did I feel most often today? Wow, what, what happened that allowed me to feel this way? Well, yeah, I had some conflicts. We had some disagreements. We had you know, some, some really challenging situations, but we got through it through clear, authentic communication by being honest, by being present. Better part is, how do I want to feel tomorrow? So before you go to bed and you go into this unconsciousness, you actually set the intention. So you set that beacon at night before you go to bed. And as you close your eyes and you go to sleep, you can wake up the next morning when you ask yourself, how do I want to feel most often today? You can either affirm it or you can shift it. The beautiful part is, is that now you're beginning and ending your day purposefully. And it only takes moments. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, I a thousand percent agree with that. I've been doing that for years. I think it's how we go to bed at night matters, you know? Oh. Are you just crashing and, you know, finishing your soda and going to bed or are you, uh, you know, are you staying yes, healthy, yes. doing whatever you need to be doing? But I think that self-talk at the end of the day oh. is critically important because again, we talked about this earlier, but what you expand or what you focus on expands, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm focusing on being the best version of myself or I'm focusing on making an impact tomorrow and then I wake up and say the same thing, that's my choice. Every day is my choice, right? To go out and do that. And Bear if I'm Bryant, putting it out in the universe, yeah. it happens. Yeah. Bear Bryant said it. He goes, today is a gift. Today is a new day. How do I choose to spend it? Because yeah. the universe blessed you with this 24 hours. And what I started realizing was, is that most people devalue themselves to the point where everybody else is important. As parents, we live for our kids. We will sacrifice everything. We'll move our schedules around. We'll do what we get to do and need to do. And I go, okay, so let's look at that for a second. I go, 20, out of 24 hours, what if 90 minutes a day was yours? Unadulterated, without any apology, it was yours yeah. to feed your body, mind, and spirit. I believe in a 30-30-30. Move your body for 30 minutes, feed your mind for 30 minutes, feed your spirit for 30 minutes. So if that's in meditation, if that's in uh, you know, uh, prayer, yoga, whatever the case might be for you to connect with self deeply and your creator or the okay. universe. Being the son of a Buddhist and a Roman Catholic, it was like, okay, <laughs> uh, thank you, God. And I'm going to come back as a doorknob. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> what, what's going on here? 
On the other side of it, I would say, and this was probably my biggest life lesson about 20 years ago. I'm coming home from work and I'm exhausted. And my wife is pregnant with our second child and we have Cole and he's a toddler at two and some change. And Julie just wants to talk. And I'm like, oh, baby, I love you, but I've been talking all day. Yeah. This concept, like we have a word bank and my, I, I was in a deficit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the red. Right. I, I use, this was Monday and I'd already used up the Thursdays, you know, number of languaging and words. <laughs> right. And so we didn't talk and I could tell that she was growing more distant and aggravated and as she's getting bigger with Marina and long story short, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, okay, why am I working so hard? You know, here I'm going through all this self-help stuff and trying to learn. And I said, Ah, my family deserves the best of me and not what's left of me. I'll move heaven and earth for every client. I will show up. I will be fully present. I will, you know, shut everything else out, block my calls, do it. And I go, but I don't do that. And that went great for about nine months. Marina's born. Life is good. I'm the playful daddy. I'm the one changing diapers at 2 a.m., rocking the kids to sleep, letting Julie rest, having great conversation. And I am whooped. You know, get to one of my occupations at the time, and they're like, "You all right?" And I'm like, yeah, "I'm great." What? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, life is great, man. I'm feeling. You know, I, I was in adrenal fatigue. I didn't even know it. Yeah. And as I'm pulling into my driveway, I said, uh, "Thank you, universe. My family and I deserve the best of me, and not what's left of me." I had foregone all my rituals. I had foregone all the things that help make me healthy and happy and full and whole. And so my family inadvertently was getting the adrenal push through best of me, but not the authentic, present, loving, guided daddy and husband. And when I made that shift, Brett, oh my gosh, it shifted everything. But it came from doing one thing, slowing down. Anyone who knows me, I'm a high energy guy. When I'm on task, I'm in it to win it. But then I realized too, and I love what Simon Sinek says, there is no such thing as winning. There isn't. There's finite or infinite mindset. Finite mindset, you know, some of the players. In fact, actually, let me rephrase that. Finite player, you, finite ideology, you know, all the players in the game, all of them. In fact, you know, all the players in the game and you know the rules of the game. And when someone breaks the rules, they get penalized. Kind of like the bad referees. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you are engaged in that or not doesn't make a difference. Other people's judgment of you and regulations and different things, but those are the rules. That's what we signed up for. Here's the bigger part. The outcome is to win the game. So there's only two possibilities. Actually, there's three. There's win, lose, or draw. But for most people, if they draw, they think they're losing. They don't go winning. They go losing. So I love infinite mindset, which is, you know, some of the players, but you only know the players up to a point because as you're growing and evolving, you're actually – inviting through resonance frequency and through education and momentum and growth other people into your world the second part is there aren't any rules there's only value alignment which means oh belief systems gosh he's a really good guy i like this brett he's an amazing guy i met his wife oh my gosh they run a nonprofit. yeah kindred spirits it's like i love this but here's the best part the outcome of the game is to stay in it for as long as you can to live a full and fruitful life. Wow. That means 
there's more opportunities where every moment everywhere and that life of prosperity that simple (laughs) but most people's mindsets and this is where they get the disconnect and this is where sports with all due respect to coaches they've got it wrong because it's such a conditioned environment so it's there aren't exceptions there's rules there's rules and these are the rules this is the protocol this is what you okay 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 there's different ways to score goals. Have you ever seen someone who's in the game who's having so much freaking fun that they seem like they're running circles around everyone else? And you're like going, dang, why is that kid smiling all the time? He just seems freaking happy. He is because he's playing the game. And yes, the outcome is to win. But in his model of the world, he's there to show up and have the best freaking time he can. Well, like, I think he's living in his he's living in his value system, right? I mean, that's why you're having fun, and absolutely. and so it, it it's this vicious cycle that just continues to run, run, run. And no matter how many times we know what we need to do, we know we need to exercise, we know we need to drink a lot of water, we know we need to eat right. Yes, but it, it's like the world we live in is so fast. To your point earlier, and I always say this too: is we got to slow down to speed up. Is it, without clarity, right? Whether it's written down or not, without clarity. It's a confusing world, man. There's stuff fun? coming at you from every damn direction you can possibly think of. And so our clarity has to come from us writing it down yes. and having the discipline to review it day in and day out and follow well, the plan even block. when you don't want to. In time block. Yeah. You get yeah, I agree with that. I, my calendar right here is color coordinated. For Ab- sure. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I started with this color coordination. In fact, I even took it into business and said, okay, let's look at it a different way. What if every engagement or there's a commitment was red it's an opportunity like you're a bull and it's a red flag and you're you're going yeah. for it they're all opportunities and i said but you're not going to time block in 15 or 20 100 hour blocks you're going to time block in 15 minute blocks but if you need an hour then you take four 15 minute blocks and you time together no big deal yeah. but the outcome is to convert it to a shade of green the green is is that oh i made connection with someone they're a new client light green oh i texted or emailed them light green made a phone call left a message light green Hey, we have an appointment next Thursday. Medium green. Why? Because there's a commitment now. We're an engagement. Hey, they're a client now. They signed on board. Dark green. Now, if I start going through my calendar and I see a bunch of red and it's a squandered opportunity and we didn't do anything with that net time, well, then shame on you. But if we're converting and we're like, oh, yeah, it was a prospecting month. How do you know that? Because look at all the light green in my schedule. Right. You know, and all of a sudden now you have a gauge because, again, you can't change or move what you don't measure and if it's not moving you can't measure it so i go okay then let's go ahead and be deliberate about what we're looking for yeah being deliberate man you got to be deliberate and again i keep saying this even on this interview today but even when you don't want to i mean that that's the key right showing up even when you don't want to do it so chuck this has been awesome man and where do our listeners find more of chuck hogan oh you know what um you can go it's real simple yblnow.com Uh, yblnow.com we'll put that in the show notes it's for your best life we figure if you're going to live life live your best life you're already in it (laughs) and so let's get in it to win it and and to enjoy and to connect with other like-minded like-hearted people love it we'll put ybl on the uh, on the show notes and we'll send them your way man and thanks so much for all the wisdom you share with us today from dallas texas brother it's a i appreciate you brett thank you very much